You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Always aggravated. A Mike Valenti signature podcast. All right, so this week on Always Aggravated, we got a good one. Yes, we will do our deep dive into the NFL draft and not grades, but just winners, losers, conversation. And then speaking of conversations, yes, we sat down with NBC Sports' Eddie Olchek, preview the Kentucky Derby, talk about his story, how he fell in love with the game, even asked a couple of hockey questions for the puckheads that are out there. So sit back and enjoy. It's Always Aggravated. As a part of this week's podcast, I'm very excited. I I have my notes. I've got a fresh and crisp Sharpie, and I don't believe in draft grades. I I think draft grades are silly. Now, I can tell you things I like and don't like, but assigning a grade to it? No. So I'm going to go winners, losers. And look, here's how it works. Really, really simple. Winners, to me, show the ability to identify value, a willingness to go up and get the guy they want, a willingness to trade down um, and add value, a willingness not to reach. It's the appropriate pick at the appropriate time. Uh, they play. They, they they pick guys in positions that even if you don't know the player, it makes sense. It's got to be a comprehensive win. Losers do the opposite. They reach. They make silly moves. They take guys that make you scratch your head, both positionally and... But who the hell the guys are? Hey, look, five years from now, sure, maybe this will sound dumb, maybe not. But I don't know. We've always done a good job with it. I can't do a deep dive like this on the air, so it felt right to kind of do it here. So let's rock and roll. I want to start out with winners. We'll start out on a positive note, even though at the time of taping right now, it is 41 degrees and freezing rain in this hellhole that we live in. I, Mike, of all the warm places on Earth... Why, how do we live here? Can summer just get here, man? That's my thing. Come on. No, but there's no... See, this is what pisses me off. There's no spring. Spring is a myth. That's all ridiculous. These, all these idiots who say, I love the four seasons. That's why I came back to Michigan. There is no four seasons. Spring is three days, and then, boom, summer. Miserable. Spring Spring to me should be like 60, sunny. How many 60 to 65 degree days and sunny do we get a year here? Four, not five. a lot, not a lot at all. Right, so they can take spring, they can roll it up nice and tight, and shove it up their ass. And then it, you know it'll be it'll be thirty three degrees, then it'll be seventy degrees. It just doesn't make any sense. I was supposed to golf this weekend, Saturday morning, 
And I look at the forecast, it's 37 and raining. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? No. You like that? The week, the week at a Kentucky Derby, and it's 37 and raining. God almighty. All Crazy. right. Let's start out with our winners. And I'm going to start out with one that not a lot of people are giving them credit for. How about the Miami Dolphins? For one, I like the players they selected. Now, 13 overall with Christian Wilkins. There were plenty of times this year Wilkins was better than Cleveland Farrell, better than Dexter Lawrence. Wilkins is a a big-time defensive tackle that gives you a little bit of everything. I like that pick, right? Then they get the guard out of Wisconsin, Michael Dieter. Run blocker, power guard. Later on, they added Isaiah Prince out of Ohio State. A little bit of an underachiever in the fourth round. but a, Excuse me, it's the sixth round. But a guy that will add to that offensive front. I, look, I like what they did, but you go, geez, that doesn't sound that great. The biggest thing they did was trade a third-round pick and acquired Rosen. This is what I don't get about teams. Now, look, maybe Josh Rosen's just an insufferable dick. Maybe that's the problem. I don't know that. I mean, you hear it. You've heard about it. But for the Dolphins, with no quarterback, all they've got right now is what used to be uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who apparently now has added 40 pounds. For a third-round pick, You've just added the number one QB in this class because if he came out, he would have been ranked ahead of Kyler Murray. Arizona's paid him all the bonus money. You get a potential franchise quarterback for a grand total of $6 million. Not a year. $6 million total over three years. And because Arizona fucked it up so bad, all you had to do was give up a third and a fifth. And I think Arizona had a fifth in there. The bottom line is, it's a win-win. Now, what happens if Rosen sucks? Dolphins go 2-14. and 14. He's terrible. He's a dick. The whole locker room hates him. It makes him wish Cutler were back. <laughs> Does having Rosen stop you from taking Jake Fromm or Justin Herbert or Tua? Nope. But you know what Miami just got? A lottery ticket. That if it works, and if Rosen's good, you know what happens when you're 2-14 and 14 next year? You keep Rosen. And every team in the league will be tripping over their dick to trade up to get one of those quarterbacks. And you know what you just did? You're going to let the candy pour from the skies. You open your mouth and Skittles fill it up. I thought Miami was brilliant. And I don't know where the fuck the rest of these teams were. That's not just old Mike's and bitter Giants. No, the Giants should be raked over the coals. For a third-round pick, you could have added Josh Rosen. Instead, we know what the Giants did. We'll get to them later. But how are there not a list, Mike, of, let's say, 10 teams where you go, okay, it's clear Arizona has screwed the pooch on this. For a third-round pick, we can go get this kid. Well, how? It's because teams are scared, and they're also— they Sometimes teams overvalue these picks, where they think that a third-round pick is somehow better than Josh Rosen, and it just wouldn't make any sense— it's just a it's a it's a lack of an ability to just jump in the water and try something. But like what how could you sit there if you're okay, great example. You're a team like Cincinnati. You didn't re-sign Andy Dalton. You have no answer there. But Dalton can be your guy. How do you not bring in Josh Rosen for a third round pick to compete with Dalton for the starting job this year? And it's the same goddamn principle. If if Rosen's good. You don't need any of those guys next year. And if he sucks, he's a dick. You want to launch him out of a cannon. Great. I'm going to go and draft those guys. 
I don't understand it. It almost makes me feel like in a secret world, is Josh Rosen like a member of the cartel? Has Josh Rosen, you know, did he once kill a man in the wild, wild west? What is going on with this Yeah, but hasn't this become a theme, though, in the NFL? Even so, more so the past year or so? Look at Khalil Mack. Look at Antonio Brown. Look at Odell Beckham. You have all these these trades go down, and, and you realize what these teams are giving up for it, and it doesn't make sense. It. I don't get it. Let me get on to another winner here. This one makes me sick to say it, but you know what, Mikey? It's the Patriots. Tell me how many times you sat there, and you go, yeah, that makes sense. Wow, that's a good pick. Oh, yeah, that, oh, that guy's still out there? The Patriots, they personify control. They have complete control of the draft, of the flow of information, of the information they get, and of value. I, it's remarkable. They didn't even want to stay at 32. All reports are the Pats wanted to trade out of the first round. But people were smart enough. We're not dealing with these guys. At 32, they took Nikhil Harry. Yep. Not a reach. Kid who could have easily gone in the first round higher. Big-bodied, physical, I don't know, maybe an Anquan Bolden comp. Nice. Replace some of the physicality of Gronk, albeit different position. But Nikhil Harry, okay. The other thing, too, and you know, you know what happened here. And I've read this multiple places. You know who one of Bill Belichick's best friends is? Who? Herm Edwards. Okay. Herm Edwards is Nikhil Harry's head coach. Yeah, at ASU, right? If you don't think Belichick had long conversations about Nikhil Harry, knowing what they're getting, knowing how they're going to use him, knowing what kind of kid he is, you're crazy. They take Jawan Williams, the corner out of Vandy, productive, quality player, could have been a late first-round pick. Where do they get him? High second. Oh, wait, look. Huh. There the Pats are at pick 77 in the third round. Chase Winovich. Perfect Michigan. Fit. Perfect fit. Edge rusher, hard worker, high motor. Did you hear the cut when he was asked about how he felt about going to the Patriots in the draft process. Did you see what Chase's answer was? No, I didn't see that one. He's no. all he's already a Patriot. I'll have to get back to you to let you know what I'm allowed to say and not say. Mm-hmm. He's like perfect. But they get Winovich there. They get Damian Harris from Alabama to power running back. Now compliment Sonny Michelle. Have that little thunder and lightning routine. You go, geez. Oh, but they're not done. Because the next two picks are the most Patriot pick of all. And they're perfect. Watch. Watch the two names I say to you right now. Watch them both be like awesome offensive linemen in two years. They went out and got Kajust, the kid from West Virginia, to tackle. Then they got the Swedish kid, uh, Froholt from Arkansas, who I'm pretty sure Michigan State recruited. Bottom line, he went to Arkansas, productive interior lineman. Why would I be excited about those? Two words, Dante Skarnecchia. If you don't know who Dante Skarnecchia is, look it up. Because that's the Patriots O-line coach. And year in, year out, they take dudes, mid-rounds, and all of a sudden, those are the guys that your team is overpaying for in free agency. So you sit here and you go, Harry improves them immediately. Jawan Williams is going to start immediately. Winovich, third downs minimum immediately. Damian Harris, immediate compliment to your running back, right? Yep. Oh, and now I got two project offensive linemen, one outside, one inside, both with major physical tools that I hand to the magician, Dante Skarnecchia. Boom, 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 boom. Mike, I'm six picks deep. I'm in love with their draft. 
It's unbelievable. They find a way to do this every year. You know that those guys will turn out to be good players. It's unbelievable, but it just might, at every turn, it's like they just do the right thing. They know how to get guys, identify the right guys, put them into their system, do it at the right spots in the draft. It's And again, this is a draft where moving down made sense. There was a glut of good players. Maybe, what, what everyone considered 85 good players? I feel like the Pats got five, six of them. Yeah. Makes me sick. They always find a way to reload. They're going to be right there next year. I, th- I think they'll be, without question, the Super Bowl team next year. All right, a quick break just to talk about our launch sponsor. It's the D Las Vegas. You're looking to get away, relax, have a good time. D Las Vegas has everything you need. I mean, hell, we're there every March for March Madness. And as I've said before, there ain't no better setup. On the strip, off the strip, it don't matter. Go to the D, go to that chalet upstairs, and ain't nothing better. Bottom line, next time you go to Vegas, check out the D.com. Completely renovated. Downtown is not what you remember. Hell of a lot of new places. It's a damn good time. There's really no other way to put it. And again, the D has everything you need. You're not going to spend a ton of money on the room. Take that money and go do fun things with it. Do what Sully does. Make a bunch of losing basketball bets. Or, well, or for Sully, fall asleep on the horse racing machine on the second floor vintage casino. The bottom line, the D's got it all. They got the sports book. They got the long bar. They got it all. Check it out. The D.com to book your stay today. It's the D.com, the D Las Vegas. And as you know, it is your home for Detroit sports in Vegas. Texans, horrible. I, and it really bums me out because I love Deshaun Watson. They allow the Eagles to steal a Dillard in front of them. They draft Titus Howard, small college kid, high risk, big time. Alabama State didn't love it. They come back in round two with Lonnie Johnson, a corner, I, I guess. Then they go and get Sherping, another small college kid, Northern Illinois, offensive tackle. Mike, I just don't think they did enough to get where they got to go offensively in protecting Deshaun Watson. They drafted two small college kids. I need at least one of them to pan out, probably both. I didn't love their draft, and I'm sorry. You guys can call it. Call me out on this. You can't give me a draft where you're drafting almost exclusively non-Power 5 kids. I don't, I don't like it. You're being too cute to me. The best players in college generally play at the big schools. And if your draft features Alabama State, Northern Illinois, San Diego State, Central Michigan, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, huh. you're getting a little too goddamn cute to me. Just to me. I need, I need some quality up top. I'll give you another team I hated. And it's, I know it's cliche, but, I, dude, what are the Raiders doing? Seriously, what are the They're, Raiders doing? What, are doing? they firing all the scouts and then figuring out this is the best route to go? Yeah, yeah here, I'm going to fire all the scouts, then we're going to take Cleveland Farrell, number four yeah, overall. Yeah, Farrell made no sense. Where, who was taking Cleveland Farrell in the, in, in the top ten? I was stunned when Gotta I saw that. Got to move down there. Uh, and again, this is what John Gruden is John Gruden. It's not fake. He's a maniac. 24, they take the running back. Now, I love Josh Jacobs. I really, really do. But after you reached at four, don't you feel like they could have gone a different direction at 24? Uh, 27, I like the player. Not sure about the spot, but Jonathan Abram, Mississippi State, physical, brings the wood. I just, man, then the second round, they take a guy who, I, who everywhere I looked had a fifth-round grade in, in Travion Mullen, the corner from Clemson. They take him at number 40 overall. You know, uh, uh, Max Crosby, small college, Eastern Michigan at 106, another reach there. I, I just, I'll be honest, I thought their draft sucked. 
I re- I, there's no other way for me to put it. You had seven of the top 137 picks. How do you end up with this collection of players? And more importantly, was it four of the top 40? Uh, one, two, three. Yes, Mike. You have four of the top 40 picks. You have to try to mess that up. No, I You did. have to they really, did. really try to just screw it up. They did. And then I'll give you another draft I hated. And I know on our show Friday, I defended the first round pick and I understood it. I like TJ Hawkinson. He's one of the most complete tight end prospects in over a decade. Uh, he has a very unique skill. Most tight ends who block don't catch. Most guys who catch don't block. Today's NFL, it's the way it is. Hawkinson's best trait might be his run blocking. He is a devastating run blocker. I, I know that's, so, oh, why would you take it at eight? Look, man, he's unbelievable, and if you didn't take him at eight, he was going at nine. And you're lucky he didn't go at seven. But the rest of the Lions draft, this is the same Bob Quinn shit I'm seeing every year, <laughs> and it's driving me nuts. And I understand some people are like, well, look, they, they're getting better they're getting some players who hang around. Quinn's not bad. Yeah, but I don't know that Quinn's good. You have to draft pro bowlers, right? This is Quinn's, what, fourth draft? How many pro bowlers Bob Quinn drafted? How many pro bowlers? You going to sell me a punt returner and Agnew? Yeah, Jamal Agnew would be the only all-pro, right? Give me starting 22 pro bowlers you've drafted. Zero. Now look. Second round, they draft a kid who had a fourth, fifth round grade in Jelani Tavai, the kid from Hawaii. You know, a safety in Will Harris from BC. They go Austin Bryan, who I don't mind from Clemson. But again, like, what are we doing here? I mean, Travis Fulgham, a small college wide out in the sixth. They finally get around to taking a running back when I think it's a way bigger need. They get Ty Johnson, a kid from Maryland. Just for shits and giggles, they take another tight end in Isaac Nauda. And Nauda was a bust as a recruit. He was one of the top ten players in America, number one tight end. Never productive at Georgia. And they're sold on him. When you read the quotes, they thought that that was just a steal. But how many fucking tight ends do I need? You know, you used a third-round pick on Michael Roberts. You you, you went out and and signed Jesse James. You drafted Hawkinson. Mike... They still don't have receivers I care about after Galladay and Jones. They didn't address the offensive line. You lost an all-pro in TJ Lang. You don't address you don't draft a single guard in the draft. I, Mike, I'm sorry. The second round pick at 43 is a puzzler to me. The third round pick at 81 with Will Harris, I mean, I guess. Luxury there, though, is a third safety. I, I just You're going to draft a tight end at eight. I need you to clean up on everything else, and I just don't think they did it. I I thought the Lions draft was a complete bummer for me. That's a term we're all sick of hearing, right? Patriot way. They're trying to be the Patriots. They're trying to be too cute. Hold on, hold on. Can I do this? Drafting small school-wide receivers, tight ends. I do the base show without notes, but for a pod like this, I like to have the notes. All right, you want to say the Lions are trying to be the Patriots. Ready? Here we go. You got at eight, Hawkinson, 43, Tavai, 81, Will Harris, 117, Austin uh, Bryant, and we'll throw in the fifth-round pick, Amani Orowarly, Zabity-Doo, whatever the hell his name is from Penn State. Again, I, 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 whatever. The Patriot way, right, Mike? Nikhil Harry, Juwan Williams, Chase Winovich, Damian Harris, Kajust, Froholt. Mike, they're nowhere close. Well, no, I mean, this, Everything this year, the patch sure. did fits. Everything fits their system, what they're doing. 
It made sense where they did it. They didn't take a single guy where I go, who the fuck is that? Or why is he taken here? The Lions go at round two at pick 43. And if they wanted to vie, how do you not move down? How do you not move down? I mean, they're at pick 43. They should have taken Jawan Williams out of Vanderbilt. They should have been the team taking him and starting him opposite Slay. They're clearly trying to draft this scheme that they're sold on. It's too cute. I mean, but, but drafting, you know, a few picks away from uh, Greedy Williams, you don't take him. Right. Next round, okay, right. Justin Lane's on the board. You don't take him. Right. He gets drafted two right. picks later. Everything the Lions do is too cute, but it's indicative of these teams that end up on the loser list. They try to get too cute, be too smart. Let the draft come to you. Just take it. I don't know. I, I just, I'll tell you. So there you go. Winners and losers, a little bit of a deep dive for you. I'm out of breath. Okay, now I want to tell you about our good friends over at Copper Craft Distillery. Great, great bourbon. You know what? I can't do the whole uh, presentation here in Mel Kuyper's voice, but I do want to tell you about Copper Craft Distillery because they are great. Holland, Michigan, west side of the state of Michigan. Check out Copper Craft Distillery. They're now also at Comerica Park, right field. Got a huge bar up there. If you haven't tried Coppercraft, their products are fantastic. Their bourbon, award-winning bourbon. They have their whiskey. They have gin, vodka. Whatever your drink of choice is, you can get it. Stop by your local retail store. Stop by your local party store. Plenty of restaurants now that have Coppercraft as well. And, of course, visit them online, coppercraftdistillery.com. They're also all over social media. Check them out online, social media. You can find them on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. They're everywhere. And... Take Coppercraft Distillery, take a drink of it, and I know you're going to enjoy it. Coppercraft Distillery over in Holland, Michigan. Check them out today. NBC Sports, Eddie Olchek. Eddie, I, I'm okay. I'm beyond excited to talk to you. I actually get to talk horse racing here. That's like a oh, forbidden fruit out here, so I'm excited. So yeah, I, spent a few, I spent a few days out of DRC back in the day. Yeah, I know. Unfortunately, the state has done everything wrong uh, and, and destroyed horse racing out here. But no, it's, I've got some stuff, uh, some fun stories I want to go over with you, and then certainly we'll, we'll jump right into the Derby coverage. But um, I guess start there, because, I mean, you're a Chicago guy. I was born near Saratoga. It was a natural fit for me. But, you know, what, what was that moment you decided, hey, this, the ponies are for me. This is, this is my thing. <laughs> Well, I mean, as a young kid, I mean, I went to the racetrack, Old Arlington Park in Chicago suburbs, and uh, I went with a uh, a hockey uh, a hockey teammate of mine when I was 13 years old, and his dad was a horse player, and I went to the track, and I just fell in love with the animal. I mean, just these you know 1,200 pound animals, you know, running 35, 40 miles an hour, and just the athleticism, and just the beauty of the horse, and you know, and then you start. You know, you try to you pick up a program, and you know, you start trying to figure out who's going to win and the odds and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I say this kiddingly, but you know, learning about odds and figuring out uh, payouts and all that, I think it did help me in my <laughs> my youth <laughs> in math class. Uh, you know, I tried to sell that to my folks, but you know, they didn't. They yeah, I was going to say, bring, that, bring, that, bring that into math class and say, well, look, Andy Byer yeah. says, yeah, yeah, and if you know, if, if a horse is, you know, if a horse is five to two in a nine horse field, the percentage <laughs> is win. So, so, you know, I mean, look, I, I went and 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 uh, I went up to the window and made a you know made a couple of bets. I mean, I was I was you know, I was a caddy in the summertime, so you know, you know, I was you know, I had maybe twenty five, thirty bucks in my pocket, but. You know, I went to the window and 
you know, played a couple of, you know, gimmicks, some exactus, some quinellas trying to get the top two finishers and lost my first couple of races. And then I hit one, never forget for like, a, it was a hundred, I think it was a hundred and eight dollars. I hit a, a, a quinella. And as I went up to cash my money, I think I invested maybe six or eight dollars. The, the same uh, ticket taker, uh, asked me how old I was. I Uh-oh. said, well, you didn't ask me, you didn't ask me how old I was when I lost. I said, and then he gave me the quick little wink and he gave me, you know, he gave me the 108 bucks and, you know, I gave him three bucks and, you know, and the rest is history. So I, I mean, I fell in love with it uh, pretty much from the first day I went as a, as a 13 year old kid. Eddie, it's, it's, and, and my, my story is exactly damn near the same thing. It's just more anyone who's fallen in love with the game or people I've brought to the Derby, I've brought to Saratoga, or I've brought to Keeneland. I have to get them there to show yeah. them. They're skeptics yeah. on the way in, yeah. and they're fans on the way out. So my question, well, Mike, 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 you know what? It's look at and I and I and I love I love to be right in the middle of both. You know of what I think are two, you know, two of the greatest games there are, and that's hockey and horse racing, pucks and ponies, as I like to say. Mm-hmm. It's the same with hockey. Like when I have in my travels, whether it was as a young kid growing up or playing professionally for 16 years or broadcasting now or like to, to tell people, look, I guarantee you, you go to a hockey game in person. Yep. You are hooked. I'm, I'm telling you, you, you will sit there and go, this is the, this is the greatest. This is it. Like, well, what doesn't hockey have? And I think horse racing is a lot the same is once you get people there, and especially on the big days, you know, you mentioned the Derby and going to Keeneland and going to the spa at Saratoga. And, I mean, those are, you know, those are primo places. But if you could get people there, I guarantee you they go back a second, third, fourth, Absolutely. 500 time. That, that's just the reality. But I don't think there's any different. I don't think it's any different when it comes to the game of hockey. No, it's a, it's a great point, and you're right. It's just, so it, I guess the question then for me would be this, because I have grave concerns, as a lot of people do. I don't know where the game's going to be in 10 years. And, you know, look, I'm 38. I'm not I'm not dead, and, and you're certainly still younger. I, yeah. You're 53. You're not an old yeah. man by any stretch. But yeah. the the next generation, yeah. I don't know where horse racing's going to be. I mean, where do you think it is in 10 years? I would imagine there'll be fewer tracks. Um, fewer days, too. Probably fewer days. That, that's, that's very fair. Um, but when you look at the numbers of people that are employed in the game, I just know in the state of Illinois, I think there's like, when you talk about everything involved with horse racing, sure. uh, you know, from farms to, to people in the feed business to, you know, the people at the track and whatever. I mean, it's just the state of Illinois. I mean, you're looking at 20,000 people employed in the horse racing thoroughbred industry. Now that's just one state. Um, so it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a big part of our economy and it's a big part of our, of our country. And in some places like you know, you talk about, you know, New York and you talk about Kentucky and Florida and California, I mean, it's a pretty big business. And, you know, I just, I just know being a part of our NBC coverage, um, Mike, over the last four years, this will be my fifth derby. When I go there and I see, over the course of three days, 
because you have Thursday, you have Thursday Thurby. Yep. Then Oaks. you have Friday the Oaks, and then you have, of course, you know, the big day on Saturday. I mean, you're looking at three hundred and fifty thousand people coming from all over to see horse racing for three days. Now, the key is: is are fifty percent of those people do they go back? Uh, what what is the percentage? So you know, and it's a young. It is a young crowd. It is a young demographic. So those are the people you got to start going to. And I think now is there's an opportunity for horse racing, especially with the world. You know, the World Wide Web thing we have, and you know the phones and the you know just like you know people want action. People and and now gambling is everywhere we turn. Sports gambling is everywhere. Uh, I think there's an opportunity for here for horse racing to sell, sell hard. Uh, but to get those people out there, and you know, look, I mean, yeah, am, am I am, am I scared a bit about the game? Yeah, I, I am. Um, but I think there's an opportunity here to uh, to continue the strength because when you look at the the wagering dollars, you look at the attendance on our biggest days. Oh, it's unbelievable! They're off the charts. So there's got to be an opportunity there, and there's somebody that's a lot smarter than I am to be able to try to figure that out. You got to make people understand that there's more to it than just the big days. And it's funny; it's something I've always said: is like if if I take somebody to Saratoga, or I take them to the Derby or Pegasus right. Cup. Oh my God! There'll be a fan for life if I take them to Ozone right. Park on a Thursday afternoon in January. They'll never talk right. to me again. I mean, right. it's just like yeah, you know, you know, my, like Mike. I'll say this, and, I, and I've had this, I've had this debate and argument many a times. But like, I, I just loved it, you know, four or five years ago, where you know, uh, fantasy sports. Oh, this is the greatest thing, you know. Like, I'm sitting in my, I'm sitting in my hotel room in in the in Denver, Colorado, and I'm drafting these players, and we put money into this pool, and then it's divvied up amongst the, pl- the people that are winning. Who has the <laughs> That's horse racing. One. What do you think horse racing's been doing for a million years? Like what? And, 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 and I loved how it was, well, this isn't gambling. This isn't gambling. This is just skill, and this is just... My ass, it's not gambling. I mean, it's, it's not... It's, come on. So it's great. Uh, there's opportunities there. Uh, but you're right, you know, like, do people go out to Churchill or do they go out to, uh, you know, Saratoga? Now, that's a little different because that's, a, you know, it's a boutique type of meat. But, you know, do those people that go, um, do they go and just, you know, go with their friends and whatever? And, I mean, so there's lots there, um, but I'm just I'm just hoping that, uh, you know, we can, can figure this thing out and, and, A, take care of the animals first and foremost, and put a product out there and explain to people that, you know, you, you can you can make a lot of money. You don't have to invest a whole heck of a lot. Well, you get paid for your opinion. You know, That's it's it. it's not minus 110 to, to, to win 100. You you have an opinion. You will be paid for it. And that's, that's the it. that's the allure to, to a lot of people. Figure, you just got to figure it out. Oh yeah, figure it out. Well, that's how you lose all your hair. <laughs> Trying to figure it out, <laughs> staring at the thoroughgraphs. No, I, it's you know you've got a great story, and I I don't think a lot of people know it. If you don't mind telling it, but you sure. you once took down a pick six at at the old Hollywood Park while yeah. sitting on an airplane. Yeah. Please tell the story. Yeah. Yeah, it's going on almost 10 years now. Uh, I was on my way home from the NHL Awards where I was a presenter. And um, at that time, uh, there wasn't, uh, at least I wasn't betting off of my phone. Uh, or, you know, I'm on my phone, I should say, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the apps on these phones now. And it was late night racing in, in California. It was a 9 o'clock post-Chicago time, um, central time. And uh, my flight ended up being delayed uh, like almost two and a half hours as I was trying to get home from Las Vegas 
uh, to Chicago after the NHL awards, and uh, I had handicapped the races that day and uh, during the delay and on the plane went ride home, and um, I had blown the pick six because there was a carryover from the Thursday, and then, then it was the Friday, and I really felt that I should have hit it, and I didn't. And uh, so I went into that, and we landed about 10 minutes before the start of the pick six. And I got on my phone, I called my express bet account, and I put in my wager uh, for $168. And I had my son, my youngest son, Nick, was at home. I said, hey, you know, pop in a, pop in a blank VCR. I'm showing my age here, Mike. I put, <laughs> pop, in, pop in a blank VHS tape and tape the races from Hollywood Park. And I'll watch the first couple of races that I missed because we just landed and mm-hmm. you know, got to get my bag and whatever. And then I'll you know watch the rest live. So long story short, I didn't get home for about an hour and a half and a couple of the races had already gone off. And I walked in and the one horse that I had singled um, uh, in, in my pick six. So I had a hundred, you know, I had, you know, technically I had a hundred, I had 84 combinations. Uh, with a $2 wager in in the third leg of the race uh, of the pick six, I singled one horse that ended up going off at 17 to one. And I walked in the door, I watched the race and, and uh, it was a horse trained by Neil French. I think the name of the horse was streets of heaven. And he came, he looked like he was shot out of a cannon. I mean, he, he, you know, he, you know, he, he just, he looked like Pavel Datsuk as a young guy in the NHL, just, I mean, just flying through everybody, and he won the race, and I'm like, holy cow, I got my single home. And you got everybody go else out of the pool. I, yeah, exactly. I go back and watch the first two races. I get the favorite home in the first, and I get like a 5-1 to one in the second. So now I'm 3-for-3 three three with a 17-1 to one in the middle. And, uh, you know, they got another 5-1, to one, another 9-2, to two, and then in the last race, I was alive to seven of the nine horses. Uh, four of them were the whole pool, which was a million five. And one other one, uh, the ten horse, uh, happened to be nine to two, and I was one of uh, I was one of three winners that uh, were able to cash in for uh, for five hundred G. So one hundred sixty eight dollar investment got me uh, got me five hundred grand. And as I said then, and I said now, as I'm saying now, Mike, uh, it got me even. That's all I will hmm. say. It got me even. <laughs> um, but it was uh, a great day, and uh, yeah. So that airplane ride uh, seemed to. Uh, Seem to do the trick. Maybe I do my best work at uh, maybe I do my best work at uh, thirty-two thousand feet. All right. Well, look, we can get into the derby because I've, I've got a lot, and I know time is limited. But you, you look, this, this derby to me, unless I'm 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 nuts, this is one of the most wide open ones I've seen in at least five years. Agree? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, can't argue that. Um, I, I could make a case right now uh, for eight horses. Ooh. And I. I I'm I'm on the side of the fence that feels Mike that there's a little bit more speed in this race than a lot of people are suggesting. So what does that say? Speed pace makes the race. Uh, the quicker they go, the better chance you have a horse that's sitting in behind the speed. Um, so you, you think someone come, someone, off, come who, off the pace? Who's going to get Omaha Beach? I thought he was the only early speed, but you've you've, yeah, you've, no, you've intrigued me now. Security's going to go. I think Maximum Security's going to go. I think Bacoma's going to go. I think War of Will is going to go. I think I think I saw. I know the post position draw was earlier on Tuesday. Um, I thought I saw War of Will was on the rail, and he's been training Correct. very well. He's going to go. 
So, I, I th- again, I, I think that there is enough speed here with the way things have kind of played out. I think Omaha Beach can stalk. I really do. I don't know if he is good on a fast track as he, as, as he is, Mike, on a off track. I think he's a better horse on an off track. I think he runs better on an off track. There is a chance for all kinds of rain in uh, Kentucky all week long. Look at we had enough rain last year to last us a lifetime. Man. I know we got three and a half inches of rain on Derby Day, the wettest Derby in the history. So I'm hoping it's you know I'm hoping it's dry. I'm hoping it's fair. Um, but I, I think there's more speed in here. Like I, I I don't think Omaha Beach gets the lead. I really don't. Interesting. I really don't. If he does. Uh, I think I think that would be I, I don't look at am I going to use Omaha Beach I'll probably use them for third and fourth I'm not picking them first or second on any of my tickets uh, I, I've been a roadster guy since uh, the end of last year I actually got roadster at 24 to 1 back in February I got him at 16 to 1 in March he looks like he's probably going to end up being 6 or 7 to 1 so as you know, the gambling aspect and the handicapping aspect. Well, if you've already bet a horse at twenty-four and sixteen to one, why would you bet him at six or seven? And that is true. I probably will use him in my gimmicks, but considering the chair I sit in and I have to pick a horse, if the race was tomorrow, fast track, and that's the caveat. Uh, I would certainly probably I would go with Roadster. I think that he will get the perfect trip in this mile and a quarter. And yes, it's Bob Baffert looking for a six Kentucky Derby. Um, but I think there's more pace in this race than um, uh, than people think, and I think you're going to have a couple of horses that are going to sit and make a run, and I think he got a real big shot of having somebody that could be north of 30-1 to 1 hitting the board because I think this race has a chance to collapse down the lane. Finally, the days are getting a little longer around here. Put those extra hours of sunlight to work by saving you more money. You can reduce your power bill with help from Power Home Solar, the number one residential solar provider in Michigan, one of the top solar installation companies in the nation. Power Home installs American-made panels, 30-year warranty, allowing you to own your power, not just rent it from the power company. As an official partner of the Lions, the company installed solar panels at Ford Field and Allen Park, and they seek to continue building a movement towards cleaner, greener energy by seeing if solar is right for your home. Go to PowerHome.com. That's PowerHome.com or give them a call, 1-800-SOLAR-15 to schedule your free solar consultation today. Don't rent your power, own it with help from PowerHome Solar. All right, let, let's unpack this because you've got me very excited over here at a couple of things. One is I happened of the three Bafferts, I like Roadster the best, but here's my one concern. So let, let's start sure. here. I thought Roadster was cranked up for the Santa Anita Derby. Game winner wasn't. I just got a feeling like clearly game winner pointed towards here. Is there any concern that maybe Roadster already ran his best race? I, I don't believe so. Okay. I, I really don't. I, I, I think that when you look at the when you look at the body of work in 2019, uh, I thought Game Winner had every chance to beat Roadster. I thought Game Winner had a chance to win yep. in Arkansas. He did not. Uh, I I would look at it as you know maybe Game Winner his peaked. Maybe mm-hmm. he his his time was at the end of last year and Roadster. Uh, is you know is the now horse? I mean, people go back and look at some of the comments by Bob Baffert and just looking at like Roadster seems to be 
seem to be the game winner if he was healthy. And we know game winner won the you know two year old championship. Now, one thing I will say about game winner, Mike, I'm going to use him. I have to use him because he's won <laughs> over the track. He right. won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile last year on this track at Churchill. So horse for the I course. like that angle with with game winner. But on the you know uh, you know just I mean right on the line and and uh, I would look at it and go. I like Roadster as well. I I, I do. Um, I, I just I I wouldn't. I, I don't think Roadster was fully cranked for the Derby. I really don't. Okay. I, I I really don't. And he ran off the screen. Now people will argue. Well, you know, he's not going to be able to do it in back to back races. You know, there's a bounce theory, all that kind of stuff. But uh, I'll take my chances uh, if everything is fast and firm on Saturday, and and say that Roadster is at least right now. Uh, is better than game winner, but look if if I'm if I'm using game winner, I'm sorry, if I'm using roadster, uh, or if you're using game winner, I think you got to use roadster and vice versa, just because they were so close yeah. in the Santa Anita Derby, and I think both horses, uh, I think both horses are bred to go the distance. I know roadster is for sure a hundred percent. Like roadster, I think regardless of what happens here, uh, if he doesn't hit the board or he runs okay, I I would not be surprised to see Bob pass on the Preakness. And then run him in a mile and a half because I think Roadster can run up. Roadster can run three miles. I think he's bred to go the distance, but uh, I don't think he's fully cranked yet. No, now and I, look, you and I are in lockstep of the of the three. I have Roadster one, game winner two, improbable mm-hmm. a distant third of the Bafferts. It's just mm-hmm. my opinion. Now, no argument. My problem is something you brought up, and I have gotten destroyed the last five years on Derby Day. I hate betting the chalk. I hate using the short prices, and and yeah. you know what I know. I mean, it's 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 like Pletcher Velasquez at the spa. You're never seeing better than three to one. Right. You know, Baffert's going to get bet down. We know Omaha Beach will get bet down. Yeah, Omaha Beach is going to be the favorite, Mike. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no doubt in my mind with Mike yeah. Smith having the choice. And again, now that's another interesting thing. Mike Smith rode Roadster, and he also rode Omaha Beach. He had his choice. Correct. And he chose Omaha Beach. So right there to me, that, that will take a lot of the money to Omaha Beach. Uh, it doesn't mean Mike's right. Um, I think I think Omaha Beach is this year's version of I think I let me let me let me start over. Omaha Beach is is an outstanding horse. I think he is better than Exaggerator a couple of years ago. Mm. Exaggerator was a horse. He ran second and ended up running second in the Preakness. Everybody remembers, um, you know, a couple of uh, uh, a couple of years ago. No, he actually won the Preakness and he finished second in the in the in the Derby. He's a horse that moved up dramatically, dramatically on the off track. Way better horse on the off-track exaggerator was. And I look at Omaha Beach and the races that he's run on a fast track compared to the off-track. I think he's a way... I, I don't want to I shouldn't say a way better horse, but I'm going to say a WA. Okay, I'm not going to go all the way on way, but I'm going to go whoop. I think he's a better horse on the off-track. If it's a fast track... Um, I'm going to use them, but I'm going to use them for third or fourth, like I said earlier. I, I am not, I'm not sold on them as much as a lot of people. And look, it's hard to go against a guy like Mike Smith and go and yell. Look at the horse that he was riding that I liked. He jumped off and Correct. decided to go to Omaha Beach. That would tell you, well, geez, he thinks that horse is a better horse, and he may end up being that. 
but uh, I can't bet Omaha Beach is the favorite at uh, at five to one because no. I think that's what he's going to be. I think he's going to be five to one, and everybody else is going to be behind him. Let me ask you about a couple others, I, and I want to offer you a chance to laugh at me. But this is part of the fun. You had mentioned you think there's a chance for a bomb to hit yeah. the board. I will offer you who I like. You can tear it to shreds or agree, and then I want to hear yours. I hate the post, but whatever. What about spinoff, Pletcher, Manny Franco? At one point, this was one of the best that Todd had. Horse took yeah. a long time off, rounding yeah. into form. Am I nuts for thinking spinoff could be the type of horse to crash the party? No, I, I, I don't think so. I uh, love the connections. You're right, slow to develop. I mean, things are going to have to materialize, uh, I think, perfectly for spinoff. Um, I, I would never talk anybody off a horse that's going to be, what would you think, Mike, 40 to 1? Oh, sure. You know things are going to drift on the back end. Oh, yeah. Right. This will be right, a big right. price. So, look, I would never. Look at it. Look at Horses don't know their odds. Anybody could suck up for third or second, you know, if, if it really kind of would really kind of crashes. The, the one horse I will give you, if, if you don't mind, oh, is I think is, is a... Uh, and, and somebody had reminded me this morning is like you know you got you know you got big skates to fill from last year. I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, you gave out good magic, you gave out justified, and you gave out audible in the pouring rain. You happened to hit the trifecta. I said, yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Thanks for reminding me. I got to get up in front of twenty million people and try to re- and try to uh, recapture what I did. You're also year. the guy who debuted on television giving out a 10 to 1 followed by a 15 to 1 back in 06. <laughs> I mean, give me yeah, a break. Every, every once in a while a squirrel finds a nut, so um but you know, I look at I, I'm looking at this race and again, how I handicap, you know, you know the speed aspect of it, breaking it down, uh where do I think it's going to, you know, where do I think the pace is going to be, you know, so all that kind of stuff plays into it, but I look at a horse, and I think uh, just seeing it quickly because I've been running around getting ready to get to Louisville uh, tonight. I saw their post positions, and I, I and I thought I saw that long range toddy the, ended up in post position eighteen. Correct. Now this is a horse that is going to need things to go his own way, and what I mean by that, all the speed, obviously, with seventeen other horses on the inside of long range toddy the speed to let the speed go and then get in behind john court the jockey steve asmussen terrific trainer still looking for his first derby this will be his 20th starter long range toddy is a horse and really kind of zeroing in on a bunch of horses here mike over the course of the last couple of weeks long range toddy is the type of horse that really relishes the inside, meaning loves to be on the rail, likes to be covered up. Now, can he stick handle his way from the 18th post position, going a mile and a quarter, and find a way to get to the rail as they cross the uh, wire for the first time? That's going to be an awful lot to ask, but just as... Uh, a friend of mine and a guy that I wish I had the chance to play with. I always hated playing against them. uh, Marty LaPointe. Marty loved to play on the inside. Like he had courage. He had heart. He, you know, he did not mind being down there. There are a lot of players that don't like being down there. 
There are a lot of horses that don't like to be covered up and be on the inside. Long-range toddy is the type of horse that wants to be down there. And if, and we know what ifs are, Mm. if he could find his way to the rail at some point, now this is an awful, look at, like this is, like he's going to be, he's going to be 35, he's going to be 35 to 1, 40 to 1. If he could somehow find a way to follow Omaha Beach, no, Roadster's right to the inside there. He's going to show some speed to get some position. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's possible. I really don't. I, I, I don't, but it is the Derby. There might, be a, uh, there might be a lane there for him to get in, get over, and if he could be positioned on the rail as they go under the wire for the first time, he's going to have you know he's going to have a quarter mile to be able to figure that out. I, he's going to be a use for me. You know, he may end up finishing dead last. He might just because of his post position. But I think he's tactical enough to get out there, and I want to see him making a left turn as quick as he can and get to the rail because he has a lot of courage. I think he's bred to go a mile and a quarter. John Court looking for his first Derby. So is Asmussen, as I said a little bit earlier. So he would be one horse that uh, that is going to be on Eddie Olchek's tickets. Um, it's a lot to ask, um, but you got to have some courage. you got to put your plums on the table every once in a while. And if he does, and he hits the board, and Roaster's on the board, uh, I'm going to need a wheelbarrow to take it out of the Churchill Downs <laughs> on Saturday, Mike, because uh, that, that, that gimmick, regardless of what it is, uh, is going to pay, and it's going to pay a lot. And uh, I'm hoping that I could get a little lucky with a long-range toddy hitting the board. So don't obviously save it for the cameras on Saturday. I don't need the order, but if you got a list, you're super. Okay, four horses yeah. that yeah. make. If if you're going to play a super or you're going to play yeah. a triple box, give yeah. the people that your four. I know Roadster will be on there. Go. Yeah, yeah. Roadster, long-range toddy, code of honor, and game winner. Now, people may say, okay, well, you've got Game Winner and Baffert who will be probably, what would you think, somewhere in between second and fourth choice? Is that fair? Yeah, fair. Okay, and then Code of Honor will be every bit of 12 to 1, every bit of it. So if you're talking a couple of 6 to 1s and a 12 to 1, and by by chance if Long Range Toddy splits any of those horses at 35 to 1, a dollar try box or a super box is going to pay somewhere north of 10000 Oh, yeah. If you get Omaha Beach off the board, oh, yes. please, it'll rain yeah. balloons. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, long-range shot is going to be the key. Now, I will say this. Now, remember, last year you had, I think, was it, was it instilled regard that ran fourth at 85 to 1? Yes. And I think the super ended up coming back. 15 G's um, with Justify, Audible, and Good Magic, uh, you know, three of the top five betting choices. So, like I said, anybody can be fourth. Uh, but if you happen to get a horse that's, you know, splits some of those and finishes third, now you've got a chance for this thing to pay, you know, I mean, I'm talking, you know, you're, you're talking 20 grand. I, I, I really believe that. I mean, if you get a 35 or 40 to one shot, in your superfecta, your top four finishers, and you don't have the favorite in there, 
uh, you got a chance to get paid. And again, you don't have to spend a whole No, and just to not intimidate people, what I always tell people, whether I'm, I'm at the Derby or we're hosting our Derby party, is like, look, don't get scared off thinking you got to pick 17 horses. Pick who you think is going to come in first and second. Do a $2 box Derby day. It'll pay you $500. I right. mean, the exacta this year has every right to pay $500. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I could see. I, hey, look at I would I would hey, if if it's a if it's a what did Roadster Roadster got post position? I think he got thirteen. If he's I'm got mistaken. seventeen, I, Eddie. He got seventeen. Roadster got seventeen. So a seventeen eighteen <laughs> seventeen eighteen dollar or I'm sorry a seventeen eighteen exact finish in the Kentucky Derby on Saturday oh. has the chance of of paying at least. Six fifty. Oh, min- minimum, minimum. Yeah. It, it's no. So, now listen. So if I have if I have a two thousand dollar one, uh, I will not be working hockey on Sunday. Let me just tell you that. No game. I was going. <laughs> I was <laughs> speaking of odds. By the way, you'll appreciate this. Uh, Vegas has put out their Stanley Cup winner updated odds up to the minute. What do you make of the Hurricanes being the favorite at four to one? The favorite to win the cup? I'm not kidding. I have it right in front of me as wow. of right now. Stanley yeah. Cup winner yeah. updated out of Vegas, four to one yeah. for the Hurricanes. Yeah, with all the injuries that they had the other night. I mean, they lost Trevor Van Riemsdyk, who's a terrific defenseman. They lost Morozik again. I don't know how badly he is hurt. Uh, they, it, I mean, look at they would not be my favorite. Not they. They would not. Who is yours? There's no, there's no value there. Give there's me no yours. Value. There's no value there. Who's yours? I'll give you the odds. I would say right now, right now I would probably go with St. Louis. How does 11-2 to 2 sound to you? Still a little light for my liking. Okay, I listen. But, I had but, to mix but, it in, but, but but it's better than it's better than four to one. I get it. It's better than four to one. All right. Mint juleps, thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh, you're talking to a non-drinker, so double thumbs down. Okay, best steakhouse on the horse racing road with NBC Sports that you cover? Oh wow, that is. I not know fair. that's why I asked it. That is not fair. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. I want to um, see if you and I align on this like we did on I'm Roadster. Gonna say, I'm going to say, uh, oh, you mean on the Triple Crown Trail? For, I don't know. Uh, you can pick anywhere on the horse trail. Oh, on the horse trail. Anywhere on the horse trail. Okay, I will say, uh, I will say, I will say the, I will say the Derby out in Santa Anita. Okay, the you went California. I, 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 for me, Tony Steak and Seafood, Lexington. Okay, can't, can't argue. No, can't th- argue. Th- that's the thing. If you take someone to the track, you know they're going to get a good steak. They just got to go that's on it. the damn trip and stop doubting. <laughs> just... it. Hey, and you know what? The way I always looked at it is, hey, if you blow 500 at the track that day and you go for dinner, you say, hey, my, my dinner cost me 500. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, I could talk about it all day. Thank you for the time. On the NBC hockey coverage, on the Triple Crown. You'll see Ed on TV Saturday. I know you'll be out there giving some picks and and delighting the masses. Really appreciate you joining us, man. All right, Mike. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we got coverage on NBC and NBCSN all weekend long, and then uh, back to... uh 
back to pucks uh, after the weekend. So really appreciate the uh, conversation and uh, like to do it sometime uh, down the road. Absolutely. Eddie, you're the man. Take care of yourself. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening. And as always, subscribe, share, radio.com, iTunes, wherever you uh, get your podcasts. And we will talk to you next week.